0: Liveflow saves me 14 hours a month, Terrell Turner, T.L. Turner Group. Liveflow saves me two working days a month, Michael Alleman, Alman Business Group. We're saving over 15 hours a month using Liveflow, Marissa Stilwell, Bookkeep. Liveflow has given us back the gift of time, Sarah Jones, Ascent CFO. Stay tuned to hear more from our sponsor, Liveflow, later in the episode
1: and so david barrett if you're listening this (laughs) is your chance to make it right 95 percent of cases settle pre-trial and if you haven't finished that 100 person list it wouldn't hurt (laughs) you to add two more i'm not saying i'm not saying that you're gonna get sued but i am gonna say that luca
0: brasi sleeps with the fishes that's what i'm gonna say Coming to you weekly from the OnPay Recording Studio, this is the Cloud Accounting Podcast.
2: Welcome to another episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. David, I was expecting to have a very relaxing week. I looked at my calendar at the beginning of the week on Sunday, and I saw I don't have a lot of meetings, I'm going to be heads down, I'm going to get a lot of work done.
0: And then I got a text from you. Yeah, like 12 o'clock noon, 1201. Was this on Monday that you texted on me? On Monday. And I said, Hey, you get invited to ExpensiCon question mark. And you <laughs> replied back a bunch of haws, like ha ha ha, like I was playing a joke on you. And then I sent you a photo of my computer screen. And I said, I did of the email I just got. And I said, I did, unless it's a trick to drive traffic because everyone got quote unquote you're invited. It's exciting. Like we went to the first ExpensiCon. That was in Maui in 2016. ExpenseCon is
2: an invite-only conference for accountants and influencers in the accounting profession put on by the expense management company Expensify. It's this crazy idea that they had years ago to do this, to pay everybody to go to Maui. They bring in like the, the top
0: 100 people they... Think our thought leaders or influencers or wherever it's called, and then to paint a picture for the listeners to understand, like how amazing this experience was. We got married in October of 2015, so this is well, 2016. Me and my wife, not Blake and I, we went to Kona. We stayed at the Four Seasons. It was great, amazing honeymoon. We never talk about our honeymoon. We only talk about Expensify <laughs> six months later because it was, at it, a, was that it was that
2: amazing and epic five-star resort. I think they had like half a day of, of actual sessions. The rest was just us getting to hang out and enjoy. And that's the first time I met you face to face, Blake. That is where we met. And you planted this, the seed of the idea in my head that we should do a podcast someday.
0: Three years later, we finally did, or two years later, whatever (laughs) it was. It took a long time, but we finally did a podcast. Uh, And then last year they went to Bora Bora, which is leveled it up more. I didn't get to, we didn't go get, not last year, pre- COVID, whatever it is, the ExpensiCon 2 was it? boring. didn't Bora. get invited to that one. It looked amazing. And so yeah. you, there's definitely this FOMO. Like you want oh, to go to yeah. ExpensiCon. So when you get an email that says you're invited to ExpensiCon, and I'll let you go from here, you get excited. I went and told my wife. I was like, okay, invited to ExpensiCon. So <laughs> that's where we're at, invited.
2: I didn't get the email right away. You got it right away. And you sent me a screenshot and it has the headline, join us in Italy, all expenses paid at Expensicon. It's from David Barrett, who is the CEO of Expensify. In traditional David Barrett fashion, it's like a long email. He tends to send like really long, interesting emails. I actually look forward to them. I think in a recent episode, I actually said I'm, I haven't
0: seen one in a while. I'm missing these, right? And this it's is the shorter only- than normal though. It's a lot shorter because there's a video in there. So you take out the video, it's not that long of an email. Well, you know, Dave Barrett emails, it's not very long.
2: They're very entertaining, right? He's a, he's a interesting guy. And so I'm reading the screenshot and by the way, I was out on the road, I was driving. So I'm just sort of like paused at a stoplight and I'm like trying to read this thing right before the light changes, (laughs) you know, I don't, I don't read text messages while I'm driving just when I'm stopped. And it wasn't even a screenshot. Like I took a photo of my screen, which is the worst thing to do. Oh yeah. Such a (laughs) boomer thing to do. Right. So, (laughs) so, uh, David Barrett says. It can be hard to look past the grim headlines that seem to pummel us daily, but beneath the bad news are some good trends. The worst of the pandemic is behind us. The markets have stabilized and are recovering. Good days are on the horizon. And as we all scramble to stay afloat, it's easy to overlook the slow tectonic shift happening in the accounting industry around us. The age of the pre-accounting super app is dawning. And just like we did at previous moments of transformation, we're heralding this dawn by hosting our third Expensacon. And you're invited. That's the first paragraph. And the, and you're invited is bold. And that's pretty much all I could see in the the screenshot you sent me. And then there's like a video that you can watch. So I got really excited because I thought, oh, if if David's invited, then maybe I'll get invited. But I checked my email and then I didn't have one. So I started to get jealous like right away. That's when
0: I thought I was really invited. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. I thought Blake got blacklisted or something. I was super excited. So, so
2: I uh, I tell my wife, I tell her, I text her, and I say, David got invited to Expensify or Expensicon. I think I I think I'm gonna get invited, and then if I don't get invited, I'm gonna be David's plus one. You know, that was my plan. But I did get the the email later. I got the email later, and it was the same as yours. And I got I got I was dancing around the house. You know, I'm like, this is great. We made it. We got back. I called up Samantha, my wife. I told her we're going to Expensicon again, and she was psyched because, like you said, that trip—the first one—was amazing, it's just incredible. And this one is in Italy; it's even better. So they're doing it in Puglia at the Borgo Ignazia, and I looked that up. You know, it's that's like a in the heel, star. right?
0: At the very tip of the heel, or
2: like Achilles tendon of Italy, a little higher up in the heel. Okay. So I'm I'm excited. I text my parents. I text her parents. This is a great start to my week, right? And then um, my father-in-law reads the whole email, and then he clicks on a link in the email. There's a link to a website for Expensicon. It's the same link that the, where the video is hosted, right? And if you scroll down that page, if you scroll down that page, you'll see there's like a form. And the form says, join us for five days of connecting community building and getting shit done. Stay in the know, sign up for updates. And you put in your name your email are you a member of an accounting firm yes no unsure <laughs> unsure that's kind of funny and then tell us why you want to come so he says to me and samantha he's like i don't was this really an invite like what what was this and that's when my stomach sinks <laughs> i
0: realize oh shit! i, 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 I just I realized told someone, I, I got the email three times four times because you know, back in the day I was doing testing. And so I have a lot of email addresses tied to Expensify. And when it started coming in multiple times, I was like, oh no, I guess I'm not really invited. So then I had to like tell
2: my wife that I may not actually have been invited. And she was so pissed. I cannot tell you, David, this is like, my credibility is shot. Oh, by the way, we tweeted this out too on Twitter. I said, the Cloud Accounting Podcast is going to Expensicon. Looking forward to my all-expenses-paid trip to Italy, courtesy of a personal invitation yesterday from David Barrett and Expensify. How do David Leary and I go about booking our flights? We got lots of likes. Anyway, so that's where we are. I feel like an idiot. I mean, I, maybe I am an idiot, so it might be fair, right? You know, I also almost fell for an uh, MLM scam once. So this is something I tend to do. But something doesn't sit right with me about yeah.
0: all this. Before you go into that part, Expensify has an amazing ability to do something that's so, not, I wouldn't say off the rails, but so different than everybody else that it forces us to talk about it for 15, 20 minutes, a half hour. This happened when they ran a Super Bowl ad. This happens over and over and over again. Where, because I've had apps like, well, how do you talk about us in the show? I'm like, make news. And they, they, good or bad, Expensify does just enough that it's really engaging and then you have to have a conversation about it. And I'll let you go from there about the part that is unsettling.
2: Well, so the thing that is unsettling to me is that, like, I feel duped. I feel like this was not out of the realm of possibility, given that we have been invited, we have attended these in the past. Yeah, they skipped us one year, but maybe they brought us back this year. Like, the the idea that we could have been invited, and this is the way that they would do it, since the last one also was by email. Like, seems the other seems piece re- this that they got
0: left out is. Expensify a lot, of, a lot of companies or PR people will send us news before the news breaks. And if you agree to keep it embargoed, and we never say yes, like usually because I'd rather just get it live and learn about it when we record the show. I'd rather not get news ahead of time. But Blake right, replied, right. he's like, Oh, are you going to have the cloud accounting podcast at this event? So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's part we should. We so should that was before that this email ever went out, right? Right. So nine days ago,
2: we're recording on July 29th and on July 20th, Rose from Expensify said Hi Blake just letting you know that Expensify's Expensicon, the world's only accounting and fintech festival is back in Italy for 2023 and we're planning to release more info if you'd like to have a sneak peek let me know if you're good with the embargo and I'll send the full announcement shortly thanks Rose and we have a policy you and me David that we don't we generally don't agree to embargoes and so I didn't cuz I'd rather right? not get it it's just yeah, yeah and know. I'd rather react to it like live when I can talk about it rather than not be able to talk about it and so I replied to her, I said, just one question. Are you planning on inviting the number one podcast for accountants and bookkeepers in the world to broadcast live from ExpensiCon, Italy? And she never replied. So then when we got the invite, I thought, oh, it worked, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my, my comment like worked. So that is, I think that's all the details, like the, the background of all this. I feel, I mean, I feel like an idiot, like more, than, more of an idiot than usual. Uh, this week. It was kind of rough. Like my wife wasn't talking to me for a few days. What? <laughs> uh, well, so, oh, here's more Ouch. context. So Ouch. for our 10th wedding anniversary, we were supposed to go to Italy for like two weeks and COVID canceled all that. So she for like two years now has wanted to go. And the idea that we could go to our like dream destination for free, it was more too good to be true. And it turned out to be too good to be true. And so something didn't sit right though with me. I mean, like personally, I'm like, yes, I'm an idiot, but also like, shouldn't it have been more obvious? Like, shouldn't something like the, 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 something didn't feel right about this email because I've, as a, in a marketing role, I've participated in setting up contests where you, you give a prize to people, they fill out their information and then, you know, you select people to win. And this kind of feels that way, right? What they're trying to do is get everybody to give them their email addresses and then they'll select a hundred people. Right.
0: And you have to do like, there has to be a way for people to join the contest through like a postcard and all this other crazy stuff. I remember yeah. back in the day for the Intuit developer team, we were giving out a prize to apps that built on the QuickBooks platform. And the way that yeah. technically, legally the contest had to be ran, we had to have some note card for people to enter some drawing. And we had we had like eight real developers join and like 800 postcards from people in the Midwest that are on bulletin boards about contest center. <laughs> The people who just have the time to fill out all the contests. Yeah. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Canopy. Accounting practice management software should bring together all your firm's mission-critical functions in one place. Client management, document management, workflow, time and billing, and payments to keep your team organized. Canopy knows that not all firms are on the same practice management journey or timeline. So Canopy lets you build your practice management platform as you need it. You start with client management as your foundation, then you choose the modules that your firm needs. And since nobody likes paying for modules they don't use, they offer modular pricing as well. Canopy integrates with QuickBooks Online, Xero, FreshBooks, CRMs, Form Builders, Spreadsheets, Calendars, Email, and Zapier. They have a mobile app, centralized file management, fillable PDFs, a client portal, task management, and the list goes on and on. Via their integration with the IRS, you can easily retrieve all your clients' transcripts, notices, and Child Tax care Credit payments without leaving Canopy. To try Canopy free for thirty days, head over to cloudaccountingpodcastpromo Canopy. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo/forward/slash C A P Y. Okay, never so, again. While I run a contest? Ever again? <laughs> right. Which is why you have to be careful, right? So yeah.
2: anyway, I I'm not a lawyer. Are you a lawyer, David? No, far from that. No, you're not a lawyer. But we like to talk about this stuff. And I thought maybe rather than speculate on this, we should get a real attorney on our show. And so I have invited Billy DeClerc to join us today. Billy Clerc Esquire, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Blake. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: Billy is a podcaster. And
1: I don't mind being your plus one on your way to Italy, by the way. <laughs> But I don't know how that'll go over with your wife. We'll have to
2: negotiate <laughs> that. Maybe maybe my legal fees <laughs> in exchange for that, right? Uh, you get a trip to Italy. So, Billy, you're a podcaster. And so I figured, hey, you'd be a great guest on our show. And, and you're also a legal mind. So I, I forwarded you to this, this email mm-hmm. right? because you were the first person I thought of.
1: That's great. I thought,
2: you'd also, I thought you'd also find it humorous, right? Tell, tell, first of all, what, what's your show called that you do?
1: My show's called Laying Down the Law. It's a law and comedy podcast combining the two great tastes, sort of the peanut butter and chocolate of law and comedy, my two favorite things. And so what we do is we take real law school textbook cases, um, the stuff that first year law students typically study. I invite improvisers, mostly with no legal background, um, and we dissect the cases. We um, whirl them around in the improv blender, and then we see where we go so we're we're um, about to start releasing season three, which is a as uh, a three is a major upgrade from season two And um we're uh, can we announce the other thing? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, I am thrilled that we are actually doing special cuts for specifically for Earmark in order to offer continuing education credits to accountants. And so we had to shorten the length down. We need to um. I think we need to cut some of the material that we would ordinarily put on our stream. and to make it uh, more and make sure educational?
2: Have, huh? To make it more educational?
1: <laughs> no, to make it less offensive. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and then we have to hit the 39.2 minutes of actual legal content in order to qualify because often we don't reach 39.2 minutes of actual legal content in yeah. a legal law and comedy podcast. Sometimes the comedy overshadows the law a little bit.
2: Well, I may have a solution because it's actually... Point of order, 35.2 minutes. Oh, 35. Point. Oh, content. shoot.
1: Well, we're going to cut some yeah. four minutes of legal content out of the last 12 episodes in that case. <laughs> because the law is boring.
2: Well, <laughs> but it's not. And actually, <laughs> business law, my favorite, I got to say, other than my accounting classes, business law was like my favorite class that I took to get my CPA. Hands down. I loved it. It's pretty interesting. Because Well, because the law that we get to learn as CPAs is the basic Mm -hmm. business law, which is actually the most interesting because it's the stuff that comes up the most, Mm -hmm. right? It's the stuff, and it's the stuff that your clients often fall victim to and, you know, contract law and partnership law. That's why I'm really happy that we're working together on bringing, laying down the law to earmark CPE. So accountants can earn CPE for studying business law
1: on a podcast, Like is also entertaining. Yeah. Can we actually shamelessly promote a couple other things? Because, um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah well, first of all, I want to shamelessly promote FreshBooks, although I'm using a different accounting platform. First, for bringing us together, it was a really good platform for me for where I was at the time, and um, that's how I met Blake. And Blake then, um, you know, became a bookkeeper for me, and then you became a client, right? When you launched, launched your first firm, I was your client, and you
2: were my client. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. And then you invited me to ZeroCon. Which is what got me on Twitter, and what it's the wow. reason for my Twitter handle, Max Hedrum Esquire. And then um, there's like lots of inter- intersecting lines, but the reason I thought of this is because I had you on one of my early podcast episodes because I was like super impressed with the Cloud Accounting podcast. You guys were kicking ass, and uh, I was like, wow, I want to be like Blake. And um, and I asked you about your background because you have, as m- many people probably know, you have a degree in cello performance. And, you know, not everybody sees a connection between cello performance and accounting, but being an, an actor, improviser, and lawyer, I do. And that, um, your answer really stuck with me because what you said was what I find is that by being an accountant and by exploring, you know, the finance aspect of things, I actually can use a lot more creativity than I would if I was playing Pac Bell's Canyon Cannon every weekend at mm-hmm. weddings. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that's the reason why business law was so appealing to you because when I was growing up, we would play Monopoly a lot. And the thing about Monopoly is it has rules and then it has bending the rules. Like the free parking thing is not a rule. You know, the free parking thing, like if you have to put money into the, in you, you like community chess, like it says, pay in a certain amount of money or you get a whatever. Right. People, we used to leave tuck it, it in it. the middle. Yeah. People would leave it in the middle. And then if you land on free parking, you got that. Well, that's not part of the official monopoly rules. That's just oh. a tradition that people have developed over many years of playing monopoly. And my dad being in real estate was so obnoxious to play monopoly with. Sorry, dad, if you're listening to this, but you know, it's a well-established fact. Um, But, uh, you know, because he would start trying to bargain with you, like the minute you got a piece of property, he's like, I'll buy it from you. And he's like, and so there's all this side transaction and negotiation going on within the rules of the game. And that's what's exciting about the law. And that's what's interesting about the law for so many people is that that's just the rules of the game. It's just knowing what the rules of the road are. And then how you work with it is rules within rules, within exceptions of rules and that whole Structure can actually be a lot of fun and really interesting. And the more you know about the rules, the more fun you can have because every rule has an exception and every exception has an exception to the exception and every exception to the exception to the exception has another rule. Fun, mm-hmm. right? So listen I, I, to laying down the law everywhere you get your podcasts.
2: So, Billy, give us a. Well, I know this isn't how you do your show, but let's dissect uh, this email from Expensify as something of a case study or, or let's just talk about it because. Sure. I I feel like a fool. I feel like, though, um, you know, that perhaps I've been made a fool. And so I'm wondering if you can, you know, help me understand, like, I I felt like I got an invite. Well, I think you did,
1: too. And I think that Expensify did not uh, vet this with their legal team before they sent it out. Really? Yeah. What makes you think that? I think so. Well there's a couple of reasons. First of all, um this is um brings in a core concept from first year contracts law and I'll go ahead and just warp this a little bit to make it like my podcast because um you know. Uh, yeah, please. Why not,
2: right? And but do we have to like put a disclaimer on here that you're not giving legal advice? Um yeah, sure, let's do like, that.
1: This okay. is an actual legal advice. Your your circumstances may vary. Not actual side void where prohibited. Batteries not included. <laughs> enlarged to show texture. Got it. We good? Okay. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so this is the concept of consideration, and this type of scenario actually does come up in Contracts 101, because the, the concept of consideration is the basic form of, uh, of all contracts, um, whether they are a written contract or an oral contract, or sometimes contracts are partly written and partly oral, but the core essence of a contract is a bargained-for exchange. So a bargain
2: for exchange. A bargain, okay. a
1: bargain for exchange. So for example, um, if I say, you know, come over to my house and I'll give you my dog. Well, there is consideration. There can be consideration because you have taken the trip to my house. And that's a, you know, it can be a concept called promissory right. estoppel, that you did something in reliance on a promise. And so the promise is therefore binding. So this was ex- this um, this email wet my chops because it says you're invited. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Like in bold, too, with mm-hmm. an exclamation point. It's the first thing I saw when I read the email.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, it's, you know, there is consideration potentially here because of the fact that you are being asked to go to Italy to hear a presentation, which to me, having gone to many, um, you know, weekend timeshare presentations myself growing up, you know, you get a free weekend in Lake Berryessa, provided you sit through four hours of a presentation, maybe even you get a toaster. With the understanding that you know you tour the you tour the facility and in exchange you know you get two or three nights in a lodge or whatever. So this situation of consideration and the sweepstakes rule, which is uh, an issue where if you don't make the right kinds of disclaimers and disclosures, you are potentially creating a consideration situation where most of the time you'll see if there's some kind of a sweepstakes, it'll say void where prohibited, and it'll also say. That you can participate in the sweepstakes, like the the example of the you know the McDonald's Monopoly, we everything always loops, everything touches everything. Mm-hmm. But the McDonald's mm-hmm. Monopoly sweepstakes, you know, you can always get a Monopoly game piece without actually buying something. They usually they make it hard. Right. Send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Poughkeepsie, and um you know we'll send you back a game piece, which you know the game piece is worth less than the stamp, but you can participate. And is that for because?
2: Is that because otherwise if the purchase is required, it would be like a lottery and it's gambling, a gambling, a yeah. gambling. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so anytime you run a contest, mm-hmm. generally you can't charge people money for it.
1: Right. Okay. It, and so there, there are many, many rules about what consideration can be and how you can form a contract. And so my advice to you, Blake, was I said, just reply. I accept. Which I did. <laughs>
2: I took my I took the legal advice and I, re- I replied, "Offer accepted."
1: I <laughs> right. Didn't, I didn't hear anything back. Right, because to form yeah. a contract, you need um, you need an offer, and you need uh, acceptance of the offer. Okay. So to me, I see this as a firm offer. Uh, the offer is, if you come to Italy and listen to our presentation, you know, we'll pay all your expenses to get there. So, I don't think it was carefully vetted, honestly, because. There are some risks in writing an email like this with no disclaimers and no disclosures and you got a link on on another page like they could have had one sentence that says, you know, you're not actually invited this is a contest or this is a it's clear it's it's, it's you're invited it's to as an apply invitation. you're
0: invited to apply
2: Right. You're invited to apply would mm-hmm. have been what I would personally have written if I were doing something like this.
1: It's highly misleading. And they're open. <laughs> I mean, you know, Blake, if you want to, you know, if you want to, I don't do contingency cases anymore. But um, if you wanted to take this on a contingency, that might be an interesting, uh, okay. interesting the contingency
2: case. being you're my plus one.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I'd have to run into the same problem as you, Blake, which is that, you know, I'm also married and I also would uh, run some risks if I was like, oh, by the way, sweetheart, we're, I'm going to Italy with Blake. She'd be like, "Well, I hope you plan <laughs> on living with Blake wife, after you get back." Accountants are
0: the best kissers, and you'd be fine. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, that was the <laughs> title of our last latest episode. I, I, when I was prepping, I noticed that, and I thought, "Oh, and and you just went ahead and put in a dig that lawyers are the worst." <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, oh, yeah. No, I know that's yeah. th- that's why because you know um, lawyers, they're gonna. Um, You know, they're going to kiss you and then they're going to send you a bill. That's a 0.6 right there.
0: This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Liveflow. Have you ever exported a QuickBooks online report to a Google Sheet, spent time customizing the sheet, invited others to collaborate, then discovered the QuickBooks data has changed, forcing you to start the whole entire process over again? An app has solved this problem, introducing Liveflow. Liveflow connects QuickBooks Online directly to Google Sheets and Excel, allowing you to have spreadsheets that automatically update with the most recent QuickBooks data. Hundreds of accountants and bookkeepers are using Liveflow today to create automatically updating budgets versus actual reports and consolidated reports. Yes, consolidated reports. You can connect one spreadsheet to multiple QuickBooks Online companies and see the numbers updated in real time. My favorite feature of Liveflow is how deeply it connects back to QuickBooks Online. If I drill down on a summary number in the Google Sheet, Liveflow will open a new browser tab with a QuickBooks Online transaction detail report showing me the transactions that made up that number in Liveflow. I no longer need to open QuickBooks Online and manually create a report to see the details. To learn more about using Liveflow and how you can save 20% off your first three months, Head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash liveflow. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash l i v e f l o w. Stop manually updating your spreadsheets with Liveflow. Now, now I don't want to make this all one-sided mm-hmm.
2: because we've been accused in our show of being one-sided with issues. So I want to like take the other position, okay? Right, which is if you go to the bottom of the email, like if you read all the way through you'll see that there's like an unsubscribe link. It says, you know, to unsubscribe, please click here. And so that indicates, oh, this is a mass email.
1: Yeah, that's a different law. The unsubscribe link, that's um—that's the canned spam act. So you have no. to do that. Now, I actually had another I also, similar point. Go ahead.
2: Okay. Well, I also didn't click on the link that like, so ExpensiCon is underlined and I don't think it was, highlight like blue, you know how some links are Mm -hmm. blue? It was underlined, and then if you click on it, which is what my father-in-law did, and I didn't, and you scroll down the page, it's not up at the top, it's at the bottom, like you have to scroll. That's where you see this form that says like submit. But interestingly, the the form itself doesn't say like apply. So anyway, I just wanted to like point that out. That's that's what was suspicious about it and made my family say, Blake, I think
1: you're wrong.
0: Well, I thought that that form was for the people that didn't actually get invited yet right because that's a public (laughs)
1: website so i think the inference could (laughs) go the other way yeah the other thing too, I point out to to, you know to the unsubscribe link there's a stronger indication that this is not a contest and that it is an invitation which is two lines above the unsubscribe link or three lines above which is the ps the ps says remember that tesla contest for approved accountants we have a winner learn how casey from air cfo won a shiny new tesla which i did watch the video and it was a lot of it was actually hilarious because there's a lot of pictures of Tesla and then talking about Expensify over the, you know, like close-up shots of a Tesla. And I'm like, uh, you know, it, it just was, it was kind of funny. But that leads to the inference, I would argue, the inference that they're mentioning another contest within the email would lend one to believe that this one isn't a contest, I would argue. Right. Yeah. Not only that, but, but my to my point about consideration, I, I would argue that this is presenting a contract involving consideration. And this is underneath the five bullet points. You know, he's he's talking about, you know, about the different ages of expense, expensing and, and whatever. He says, not sure what that means. Well, come to ExpenseCon to find out. Learn why every vendor in your accounting tech stack, not just Expensify, will gradually consolidate, blah, bitty, blah, bitty, blah, blah. Hear my candid uh, irreverence crossed out candid take on all the players and how they stack up, listen to top industry, blah, blah, blah. So, so Expensify is basically saying, you're going to have to listen to us talk, which, you know, I I have not heard David Barrett talk, except for on the, I think that was him on the Tesla thing talking. But, you know, one might argue that having to listen to somebody talk about their expense categorization app. That they're trying to sell you is a form of consideration because you are being asked to give your time, just like the person who is going to hear a timeshare presentation, right? The consideration is you come to Italy and they could have had it like in, you know, San Jose, but they Mm -hmm. say come to Italy and listen to us talk about our app. And my time. Mm-hmm. And your time is worth money. I mean, what you it literally could, is worth money. It is worth money. You, you charge by the hour and you spend, you know, I don't know how long it takes to put together a cloud accounting podcast episode, but that is a highly valuable endeavor. And you're not going to be able to do those things because you're going to be on an airplane. You're going to be, you know, apparently from this photo, you're going to be driving a roadster through the Italian countryside. And <laughs> I don't know what all you're going to be doing, but that's your time. That time <laughs> is money, man. And even if it's in Italy, you know, it's it's very hot there right now. Um, you know, so I'm, so so I'm going to have to buy a new outfit. You, you're going to you're gonna have to buy a lot of linen shirts and um, Farragama shoes.
2: Italian men don't wear shorts unless they're at the beach. So I have to buy pants.
1: You're going to have to buy pants. <laughs> exactly. You're going to prep for this trip. So I also sent you, um, I sent you a, a contract case and I looked up a couple more consideration cases because I'm laying down the law. What we do is we'll, we'll present a case and then we'll debate the case here. We have a real life case that we're, that we're debating, but, but I'd argue there's consideration here. A good example here is a case called Chapel versus Nestle from 1959 like nestle the chocolate milk maker mm-hmm. yeah the chocolate company so nestle uh, nestle was had an offer where members of the public could get a music record and all they needed to do was send three chocolate bar wrappers plus a little bit of money and um chapel or I don't know. and when was this this is 1959 okay the, the golden age mm-hmm. the re- the copyright to the records was owned by chapel um or chappelle i'm not sure I don't think it's Dave Chappelle, but they there was claim that there was a copyright breach because Nestle was selling the record. Mm. And so the case basically depended on the question of whether three chocolate bar wrappers were part of the consideration. And it was found that they were, even though you typically throw away a a wrapper. But that was considered that was described as a form of consideration. Even a chocolate bar wrapper. They say in the law school textbook, even a peppercorn, literally like, you know, like a you know, just a, just a little piece of pepper can be consideration.
2: So consideration is something that I give to somebody else Mm -hmm. in exchange for something.
1: Correct. So the, the idea of consideration, when you're talking about the bargain for exchange consideration is the part of the exchange is, is the, is what's being exchanged. So, um, you know, I could say, you know, I'll sell you my dog for $5 or I'll sell you my dog if you water my plants or I don't know why I'm trying to give away my dog. My dog's very cute. But, but I'm actually looking for a dog, so. Okay, well, we've, we've don't, got a dog. Don't accident. You know, you just have to feed her and give her a good home. And so a lot of cases, um, especially in these law school textbook cases, turn on the question of whether something is a gratuitous promise or an offer to exchange a value. Because the contract can be, it gets into what's a promise,
2: right? Right. So a promise, a promise, Let me get, let me see if I get this right. A promise is where I just say, I'll do something, but you don't have to do anything in exchange.
1: So that's a gratuitous promise. Everybody knows what gratuitous means, right? It's a, it's a promise with no, there's no consideration. So if I say, you know, um, Blake, um, I'm going to wash your car. I don't ask you to do anything. I'm just, I'm going to come over. I'm going to wash your car. Okay. And you're like, yeah. all right, I guess so. I'm like,
2: yes, Billy's going to come wash my car. I like, I'm, I'm super excited. Unless you've
1: seen me wash a car, in which case you might be a little worried. But,
2: but yeah, it really does need a wash right now. Yeah, it's it's a
1: gratuitous promise. In other words, there's no consideration on your part. You're not doing anything. Your car is just sitting there. You're getting the benefit. You're not. I mean, you know, there's, you know, now if you're a lawyer, you're going to argue, well. It's not a gratuitous promise because I am giving Billy the opportunity to wash my car. And since my car is really- <laughs> I,
2: I, I, moved it, I moved it from the garage into the driveway. Right. You, that's
1: Yeah, a, yeah exactly. You, you relied on my promise. You took action in detrimental reliance. Okay. Um, because you know, otherwise, um, you know, it would have been in the garage and not getting more dusty. You moved it outside in reliance.
2: So this one, will was not
1: gratuitous
2: if it's, we're so, saying that this is a promise, all right? So going back
1: to Expensify- yeah. Okay. So, so I think they would probably defend themselves by saying this is a gratuitous promise. It's not a bargained for exchange. So, taking a kind of a layered approach to mm-hmm. the idea of a contract, a contract is a bargained for exchange for value, right? So, the consideration mm-hmm. part is the mm-hmm. value part. But then you take another layer on top of it, it can be an exchange of promises. So, and most contracts actually do take the form of, uh, of promises you know, like a, an insurance contract is, you know, I promise to pay this monthly premium and you promise to, you know, deny my claims when something bad happens to me. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, sorry, I, I just, I always like to take a dump on insurance companies whenever I can, because they're, they're big, they can take it. So here the exchange we're talking that I would argue is not an exchange of a peppercorn rather, but a pro- exchange of promises. They're inviting you to come to Italy. You're promising to take the time to listen to them talk about their um, special little credit card, and so you are you're agreeing to to take the time to listen to their presentation. In presumably, they hope that you're going to talk about it on your podcast, which they apparently got for nothing. Unless we go back what? and bleep the name of the company, we could do that. Well, well, you know, but but. It, but they're, 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 they're taking your time. Yeah. And well, and,
2: and what about like the fact that I told my family and I tweeted this,
1: like we, we
2: relied like on emotional damage.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, detrimental. So detrimental. <laughs> well, uh, good point, David, actually. So, so you don't get emotional distress damages in breach of contract cases because we don't want, um, it's a policy of the law question. Um, you get emotional distress damages in the case of personal injury. Tort cases, because we don't want people. You know, it might hurt your feelings that someone breach your breach your contract, but it leads to all other kinds of policy reasons why um, why why you should generally make sense. But there is some you know what's called detrimental reliance. So there's a concept called promissory estoppel. Promissory estoppel is a replacement for consideration when the person who's being charged with the formation of a contract tries to deny the existence of a contract, as probably Expensify would if you were to sue them. I'm not offering my services to do so because, as I mentioned, I'm getting away from contingency cases. But promissory estoppel says, if you take steps in detrimental reliance upon the representation of a promise, then the contract can be held to have been formed, even though the person promising, in this case, Expensify, didn't necessarily intend to form a contract. So you nah, tweeted okay. about it, which is potentially embarrassing. Talking to your family might be harder, but you know they got all kinds of free publicity out of it. I mean, it could have caused damage to my marriage. It could, like, it, you know, it could have. It could have. And um, you know, I don't have a degree in psychology, but I, sometimes I think I need one as a lawyer. But you have, I think, like millions of Twitter followers, and and tens of millions of listeners to the cloud accounting podcast. So they're getting all this publicity by promising you something. You detrimentally relied you, you know, you use yeah. your platform, yeah. which is very very large, to
0: <laughs> to to promote this product. <laughs> well, they, they and they arguably asked us to when they sent us the press release under the embargo. I mean, it's kind of it's right. basically You send press releases under to media people to get them to talk about your thing to talk about expensive Right. Knot.
1: That's right. And so yeah, David I, Barrett, I, I... if you're listening, this is your <laughs> chance to make it right. 95% of cases settle pre-trial. And if you haven't finished that 100 person list, it wouldn't hurt <laughs> you to add two more. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you're going to get sued, but I am going to say that Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. That's what I'm gonna say.
0: This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Lucio. I have to admit, I love email. But as soon as I'm in the zone, heads down, focused, working on a task, something may require me to go look at a related email to the task at hand. I jump over, open my inbox, and just like that, I get distracted and derailed by hundreds of other unrelated emails. By the time I find the email I was looking for, I've wasted a half hour or more. If you and your team are still using email to communicate with your clients, I suspect you have a story similar to mine. Even if you don't, using email with your clients is probably a bad idea. It's like sending postcards back and forth. Anyone can read, not very secure. And let's admit it, clients are probably ignoring your emails anyways. Maybe it's time to move all your client communications out of your email inbox and into Lysio. Lysio allows you to have secure, real-time communications with your clients via a mobile app that includes reminders, task management, e-signatures, document scanning and uploading, and unlimited storage. If you are ready to significantly improve your staff's focus, collaboration, and relationships with clients, head over to slash Licio. That is slash L I S C I O. So,
2: in an ideal world, we already are invited. We're on that list. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. And, and uh, we look forward to attending, but. In a, in a, in a less ideal world, there is the possibility that we could, the cloud accounting podcast, or we as individuals, or anyone honestly, who received this email could potentially compel Expensify to bring them along.
1: I mean, you know, there could be some lawyers out there that aren't as busy that could make a lot of trouble for them with this. It's not clear whether this is supposed to be a contest or an invitation to apply or whether this is, you um, know, uh, just an announcement of something that that it very much sounds as though you've been, you're one of a hundred people that's been invited to something that's part of a promotion, right? It's clear it's promotional for them. Yeah. But
2: that that was that was a given.
1: But they describing you as a titan of the accounting industry, and frankly, I think that's probably a fair description. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: I you know. I refer to myself when I introduce myself at cocktail parties as a titan of
0: the accounting industry. All right, so, so, David, so you want to say something? Yeah. So, Billy, we our listeners obviously a lot of accountants and bookkeepers, but we also uh-huh. have app developers that, that came. You know, app developers just like Expensify, and lots of people do contests. We were like, hey, we'll we'll send you to this conference. We're going to give you a conference ticket to go to the next QuickBooks Connect conference or whatever it might be. What's kind of like just two or three small rules of thumb? People should keep in mind if they're going to run a contest, even if you're an accountant or you have an accounting firm, you're going to have a contest for your clients. Like what?
2: Yeah. Or your clients ask you like, hey, I want to do this and I don't want to call my lawyer because he's going to bill me. And yes, I know you're nice. they will ask the and... accountant
0: this first because it's cheaper. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, here's the, so he, here's the thing is that you need those disclaimers. I mean, we laugh because disclaimers are everywhere. Like now, right now you go on a website and it's like, What I want someone to invent is the, I accept cookies app because like every single time I log onto a website, it's like, do you accept the cookies? I'm like, for sake of, oh, sorry. Every time I click on an app, I'm like, for Pete's sake, I, uh, I do accept the cookies. I just want to read the news. So you need the disclaimers, right? You need to let people know. And in here, I mean, David Barrett and team have clearly misled you. They've misled a lot of people, and they've gotten a benefit out of it. And I think they put themselves in some potentially legal hot water. Um, So here's here's another case. So Reese Witherspoon's fashion line, Draper James LLC, in 2020, um, had an Instagram giveaway post that said Draper James would like to give teachers a free dress. It didn't go on to say that there was a registration form and that the offer was only valid while supplies last. So this is an even stronger, your case is even stronger than the Draper James case because there were some disclaimers, right? After they published the post, thousands of teachers signed up believing they'd get a free dress. In fact, they were being entered into sweepstakes to win one of 250 dresses. So the teachers who didn't get a dress went on social media and they were basically expressing their outrage like, hey, I signed up for this mailing list. I signed up for this." this Draper James thing. And I got nothing. Ultimately a class action was brought and it's settled in September of 2020. So when you're engaged in promotional marketing like this, promotional marketing, you need those disclaimers. You need to make it clear in this case, they're saying, you know, we're going to give you a free dress and they're putting it up on Instagram. All you need to do is be a teacher and sign up. They're not saying, you know, limited supplies. The first 250 people to apply enlarged to show texture batteries, not included. Consult your doctor. May not be available in your area. Um, you know. So did did the first the teachers, seven rows are a splash zone, etc.
2: Go ahead. Did the teachers in the um, in the class action lawsuit? Did they end up getting a dress?
1: Well, I don't know. They or got something. Know? They probably got a coupon for a dress, and the lawyers got millions. Usually, is how class actions yeah. end up. Uh, gotcha. You know. Yeah. I, we've all been. We've all gotten something like like. Hey, uh, Restoration Hardware harvested your zip code. Here's a. Coupon for 12 cents and the class oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. action notice that says the lawyer's got $20 million. Like, wait a second. Um,
2: I've got, I got, I did one where I, I filled out a form for something. My, <laughs> my email was on a list. It was like, I got a check for like a dollar.
1: You know? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's the biggest racket around, right? I have my opinions and I'm, I'm very comfortable sharing them. But so the point is that when you make an offer like this and you make an offer to the public, you are expressing something that people taking relying on it so if you are first of all you know i i'm i'm very 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 expensive yeah it's just let's just Uh, as to be be expected your your fame my fame uh, notoriety you know i'm i'm basically it's like david boyce you know atticus finch and then me but you could consult an attorney i mean you know like 250 bucks like hey can you take a look at this you know take a look at this email make sure we're not running afoul of anything, do we have the appropriate disclaimers, yeah. but also just like common sense. You don't intentionally mislead people. I, I'm, you know, I'm going to put that up in front of a jury okay, of 12 people who are either unlucky or not smart enough to get out of jury duty. And or Some people actually like being in a jury. And by the way, it's an awesome experience if you ever do it. But I'm going to show this email to 12 people who are going to say, yeah, it pretty much looks like you're being invited to Italy. And they're going to decide whether th- you were made a promise, and whether this they were then obliged to fly you to Italy. They didn't say we're flying a hundred people, and one of them might be you. They didn't say we're announcing this. You're invited to apply. Um, you're invited for consideration. And the embarrassment and the the you know social media pumping that you did and all that stuff. Those are all like. Serious things and real people, ultimately, real juries, not lawyers, are the ones that decide cases. And that's why we have juries in this country, actually, because the common sense part of it is is important. And here, yeah. it's just, uh, you know, I, I'm not fooling that in common sense says that that wasn't a very good email to send and having the disclaimer potentially either you're supposed to figure out that the unsubscribe button means you're not really being offered this. I mean, I, I mean, your wife is smart and that's good detective work, but in the end, like it needs to be a heck of a lot more obvious than that.
0: Yeah. I mean, well,
2: I'm, I'm just, your, your, you know, I'm just your average footer. American.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. The, What'd you say, David? i say I suspect the footer is just the typical email footer that goes on in emails he sends out of their tool. I, I don't, yeah, I it's not it's tied to the rest of the email. It's just automatically thrown on there. But, so yes, there's this legal implication, but really the, and this goes probably back to Reese Witherspoon's thing with the dresses, it's the, the backlash of the bad PR and the publicity. You're, it, it almost It's a double-edged sword of social media. And you're getting it, people to talk about it, but at the same time, people are to be like, yeah, oh, those guys. So now the next time Expensify wants to do something, people are going to be very skeptical of it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, that's so to consider as well. It, it was it worth it? Maybe right. it was because we just spent... They 52 got minutes only talking about this one piece of news.
1: Oh, and I only needed 13 for the drop-in section of my other episode. So um, you better put a quiz in here or something. We're going to um, have to
0: put the regular news as a bonus now on this episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is you give, you know, I bill by the hour. So give me a microphone and unlimited time and, you know, I'll just keep going. But there's two things you need to do. It, this is just common. If you're, let's say your accounting firm wants to have some kind of a contest or wants some kind of rules, they're two basic Requirements you'd want to include. One is to avoid violating the law and holding an illegal gambling lottery, there needs to be a free alternative method of entry. So send a postcard, sign up. Mm -hmm. People need to be able to participate in a sweepstakes for free. That's to avoid gambling, violating the law with respect to gambling. The second thing is that you need to have contest rules. If it's a contest, the contest rules are the contract. So you're forming a contract clear, clearly we've discussed at length, ad nauseum. people haven't skipped ahead that this is a contract. It is a bargain for exchange for value. Okay. They're getting all kinds of benefits from it. You're taking acts in reliance. It's I'd argue it's a contract. They formed a contract with you and because they didn't spell out what their contract terms were clearly their contract is gonna be read reasonably. It's gonna be read in a common sense kind of way. So if you're setting up a contest, have rules. Say you're participating subject to the contest rules and then you know have like a click wrap agreement that's like, I agree I've read these rules and it's like 10 pages and all caps and eight point font and whatever else you wanna limit your liability. But there needs to be some kind of rules that people could reasonably know that they are agreeing to, and not saying this is a free giveaway. You're invited. You get this because it's it's a false promise. It's a misrepresentation, and I think it opens them up to actually
0: a fair amount of liability. Yeah, e- even the terms that's on the bottom of that page is just the typical it takes you to the Expensify typical uh-huh. terms of service, which were last updated August eighteenth, two thousand twenty-one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not specifically for the accounting, like the, the Expensify
2: app. Yeah, not for this. So maybe send this episode to
1: Expensify and tell them that you'll embargo it.
2: <laughs> Until you let them know whether you're invited. <laughs> Genius. Billy, that is, I, think, I think that's the perfect way to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for your time, your expertise. If people want to follow you online, where should they go?
1: At Max Esq on Twitter. You can also look up Laying Down the Law with Billy DeClerc or go to DeClerc, D-E-C-L-E-R-C-Q dot law if you want actual legal
0: services TM. David, how about you? I'm just at David Leary. And, and I... Go ahead. I, I, I cannot find you, Billy. There's a lot of Max Headrooms. So ESQ. You like to be very specific on how to type this in. Max Headroom, Max Headroom ESQ. ESQ. ESQ, got it. For Esquire? Mm-hmm.
2: Do people still refer, do attorneys, lawyers still refer to themselves as Esquire?
1: Or is that like a- Mm -hmm. Only when you're raising your rates. uh... Gotcha. I am at Blake
2: T. Oliver. Find me on Twitter. Find me on Instagram. I made my Instagram public. I'm going to do videos and stuff now. And uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can send me an email, Blake at BlakeOliver.com. You can send us voicemails. We do listen to those and we often play them on the air. And that'll do it for this episode. Uh, we've got listener mail that we didn't get to. We got news we didn't get to. But you know what? It can wait. There are no accounting emergencies. And uh, thank you, everyone who wrote in. Appreciate that. And, and and let us know what you think about this episode or any others. See you here next week, David and, and Billy. See you in Italy. <laughs> See ya.
0: <laughs> Bye. Time for the classifieds. Tired of clients not remembering to get W9s? getw W9 automates and streamlines the collection and storage of W9s. Get W9 has a QBO integration, and they have a partner program that pays 25% commissions. Get W9 plans start at only $19 a year. Visit getw9.tax today to get started. That is G-E-T-W-9 tax. Are your bookkeeping clients driving you crazy, asking the same questions over and over? They need QuickBooks training, and you have more important things to do with your time. Let RoyalWise be your training partner. Create your own customized client training program and outsource your QuickBooks training department. Listeners of this podcast are invited to join our partner program and receive a 10% referral commission when you sign up. Join us at RoyalWise.com slash partner to learn more and get started today. Again, that's RoyalWise.com slash partner.
2: Hey, podcast listeners, it's Blake, and I wanted to let you know about a new show I'm working on with CPA slash comedian Greg Kite and blogger slash former CPA Caleb Newquist. It's called Oh My Fraud, and it's a podcast all about financial crimes. That's right, a true crime podcast for accountants by accountants. Caleb and Greg are going to come together every couple weeks to unpack their favorite frauds and explore the circumstances, psychology, and interpersonal dynamics involved. They also fully indulge in victim-blaming the defrauded widows, orphans, infirm, and feeble-minded because who can resist? If you fancy yourself a trusted advisor or prefer your true crime with spreadsheets instead of corpses, listen to this show to learn what to watch out for and to keep your clients, your firm, and even yourself safe. To subscribe, go to ohmyfraud.com or search Oh My Fraud on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.